ignoring team chemistry because, well, we don't have any. This is the Getting Blank Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Getting Blank Podcast, a special edition of the Getting Blank Podcast. Of course, we are here talking about Masahiro Tanaka, signed by the Yankees, seven years, $155 million, with an opt-out clause after four years. Uh, that does not, of course, include the $20 million posting fee that the Yankees are very happy to have seen reduced, because it probably would have been in the neighborhood of $60 million bucks if it was under the old system. But no... The Yankees. 25 years old, Masahiro Tanaka uh, looks like a stud. Going to talk with Yankees writer and CBS's Ion Baseball blogger dude, uh, Mike Axisa, who you know and love from the Yankee Bros universe. Uh, we talk about Tanaka. We talk about all the, the work the Yankees did on him dating back to even uh, even last year. And uh, and we talk about this the, the kind of state of the Yankees, where this is a big move, big splash. People are going to get angry. They're going to be like, oh, but... Yankees still got some work to do, but this is a big piece. So join me and Mike as we talk about Tanakh and the Yankees on this edition of the Getting Blank Podcast. Hey, it could be worse. You could be watching basketball right now. You're listening to the Getting Blank Podcast. All right, so it is now my pleasure to be joined by Mr. Mike Axisa of CBS's Eye on Baseball, as well as River Avenue Blues, Yankees uh, writer, blogger, whatever you want to say, fan. Uh, Mike. How are you on this fine day? I'm doing very well. Uh, I would imagine. I would imagine you are. Uh, obviously, big news: seven years, 175 million dollars for Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, what was your? I mean, did you think this was really the most likely outcome, or were you leaning more Dodgers? I don't know. What What, what was your first reaction when you saw that the the Yankees had uh, had got a deal done with Tanaka? Uh, I kind of expected them to get him all along. But I didn't think it was like a slam dunk where it was obviously going to happen. I thought the Dodgers and the Cubs were like very serious competition. But I thought if the Yankees the Yankees didn't sign Tanaka, it wouldn't be because they didn't offer enough or something like that. He would have maybe not left money on the table, but there would have been another factor that pushed him to another team. And I just thought the Yankees were uh, – they targeted him for months. I mean, they had a scout at every one of his starts last year. They've been on this guy for a while and he was their number one target all winter, and it just seemed to make just way too much sense that they would uh, uh, they would really kind of go the extra mile for him, and and that's what happened. Apparently, they were told we need the seventh year to get it done. So the Yankees said, "Okay, fine, here's your seventh year," and that was it. And I I really had very little doubt that it would uh, uh it would happen at some point. And then, of course, the opt out after four years. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a Blessing in disguise, or I mean, we're, we're, this is not uncommon. Obviously, the Yankees gave CC Sabathia a similar opt out. Uh, do you kind of think this is just kind of the cost of doing business? Yeah, I think that that's kind of like the new trend. It seems for these these gigantic contracts. We saw, uh, you know, Sabathia had one a few years ago. Even if you go back a few years before that, AJ Burnett had one mm-hmm. uh, with the Blue Jays. And then recently, Zach Greinke got one with the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw got one with the Dodgers. And it just seems like all these these big contracts, that's the new thing, you know, getting these opt-out clauses that let these guys uh, hit the market one more time and have a chance for another huge contract. You know, after if, if Tanaka opts out after his fourth year, he's still going to be only 29 years old, and he could get another 100-something million dollar contract. And um, 
same thing with Kershaw. You know, if Kershaw upset, he'd get another gigantic contract. So it's it's the new thing, and it's you know, I just feel like it's just the cost of doing business. And you know, this contract, you look at it as getting you're going to get Tanaka age 25 through 29, and that's great. The scary contract will be the one you give him when he's 30. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be signing him for an eternity. Uh, that's the scary contract. You know, this first one, you're theoretically getting so many of what should be his best years, and you just can't do that with free agency usually. You mentioned that the Yankees scouted every one of his starts uh, this year. What is it that you've read and, and seen? I mean, what do you think he's gonna? He has to offer him. A lot of the talk is he's a little bit different than, the, <clears throat> than a traditional Japanese pitcher, in that he doesn't have you know the kind of kitchen sink ar- kitchen sink arsenal. He's more straight ahead fastball splitter with the slider thrown in as well. Yeah, that's what I understand is that he's more, uh, you know, a lot of Japanese pitchers, they come over and they throw like seven or eight pitches. And I remember when, when Dice K came over, it was like, oh, he throws 10 pitches. And that's probably too many because, you know, you're not going to be able to throw 10 good pitches. And teams have to work with these guys to kind of stick to your four best pitches. And that's not going to be an issue with Tanaka. He's like, from what I understand, he's a fastball splitter. That's like his big thing. But he also throws a slider and a curveball. And, uh, you know, there's not going to be any kind of, there's no gyro ball, nothing like that to kind of, uh, you know, complicate things. And, you know, he, he doesn't walk guys, and that's a good thing. And his strikeout numbers are not great, which is the one thing that's kind of a red flag because you're like, well, the lineups in Japan aren't great, and, you know, he should be striking out a ton of guys. But, you know, apparently um, his strikeout rate has come down, and apparently that's because he's just said, I'm just going to pitch deeper into games and pitch to contact. And, you know, I don't know if the Yankees are going to try to change that approach because the Yankees love strikeout pitchers, and that's their thing. But, um, you know, I tend to think they'll just stick with what works. And, you know, the big thing for the Yankees is just getting him so young. And I think they, they know more about him than they did any other Japanese pitcher. I mean, when they signed – this the story came out a few years ago that when they signed Keigawa, they brought him over, Brian Cashman sat down to him and said, what pitches do you throw? They didn't know anything about him. Oh, wow. Which is kind of – kind of mind-blowing but mm-hmm. that's not the case with Tanaka they did their homework and uh you know signed a guy to a 150 million dollar contract with the 20 million relief fee on top of that uh they did their homework and they're obviously comfortable with it you mentioned the strikeouts uh Buster only had a great piece uh, insider only piece at ESPN.com where he was uh, he spoke with Casey McGee who played with Tanaka in Japan and he mentioned uh, McGee did that the hitters at the bottom of Japanese lineups tend to be you know they're up there almost only looking to spoil pitches and, and kind of mm-hmm. grab a bloop or whatever. And, and when the, the, the players over here might be a bit more free-swinging and, and maybe the strikeouts will come up. But you, uh, you also mentioned going deep into games. Is, I mean, that's something that has to be a bit of a concern, the, the workload, the, you know, the famous 160-pitch outing, and then he goes in relief the next day. Uh, you were tweeting out some stuff about the, uh, about the negotiations. So the Yankees haven't actually given him their own, their own physical. I mean, is that something maybe a little bit uneasy about? Yeah, what happened was um, when when Tanaka came to came to the United States a few weeks ago, Los Angeles, he basically had all the teams come to him and they made up their pitch. And during that process, he took a physical um, in Los Angeles, and I, I forget the doctor's name, but it was a very uh, reputable doctor, you know, who's done a lot of baseball work. And, and the Yankees are apparently, they looked at that physical and they're okay with it. And so they're not going to do a physical of their own, which just it just seems weird. I figured they would do their own physical if they're giving a guy $150 million. But, you know, it's it's not like nobody's looking at him. They're not just signing him sight unseen here. So mm-hmm. 
it, it, it just, it's a little weird, but that's not, you know, a doctor did look at them and, you know, I'm sure they went there. If they're happy with it, they're happy with it. And, you know, the Yankees have had like so many injury problems these last few years. It's like, it's probably a good thing. Their doctors don't even look at them. Because <laughs> such a, it's been such a problem these last few years. Now, the money that he got, that Tanaka got from the Yankees, looked a lot like the deal, almost the same deal in a way that they offered Robinson Cano. So if we kind of zoom out a little bit and look at the Yankees, the bigger picture Yankees, what does this uh, say for the upcoming season or, or just kind of where where the mindset is at? I mean, everyone's throwing the numbers around how much they've already spent this winter. Uh, but, I mean, the the work probably isn't done, maybe? No. No, definitely not. They they definitely, the, coming into the offseason, they had it fixed like everything. They needed they need starters, they need relievers, and they need to fix their lineup. And they fixed their lineup with Ellsbury, McCann, and Beltron. And, you know, you kind of hope to share and Jeter rebound. So the offense isn't – you're going to have a full year of Soriano as well. So even though they lost Cano, they probably upgraded their offense overall. So that, that – okay, that was taken care of. And now they signed – they brought back Corona first, and they added Tanaka. So they feel better about their pitching. You know, I don't think it's in great shape. I think there's a lot of ifs. You know, if Sabathia rebounds, if Tanaka transitions well, if Ivan Nova, you know, figures out how to put together a full, consistent season. There's a lot of question marks there, but, you know, it, it, it could be a really, really good rotation if, if some things work out for them. You know, they still have to figure out the bullpen. They only have, you know, Sean Kelly's their second-best reliever right now, and that's kind of uh, uh, doesn't sit well, you know. You would know, like to see them add some more guys, and... They're still starting Brian Roberts at second and Kelly Johnson in third, and that's not you know that's not anything special. And I still think there's definitely still work to be done. I just don't know how much more they're going to do this off season. Maybe they're going to go out and sign Stephen Drew and make him play third or second or something like that. But um, you know, there's still more work to be done. I think primarily with the bullpen, but uh, you know, he's just one pitcher, Tanaka, and he was only going to do so much by himself and. You know, I think now that they know they have Tanaka, they can move on to some other things. They'll add some relievers, maybe another infielder like Drew. I don't really know, but yeah, it's definitely it's been a busy off season for them. And but they're still not a complete team where I feel confident that they're going to contend next year. I think there's still some stuff that could go wrong and make them miss the playoffs again. At the very least, Tanaka a gives them a, like a guy who I would say his floor is pretty high. I don't know if if that. Just based on his results in 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 Japan and and everyone, you know, people looking at his stuff and kind of forming these scouting reports on him. But he also gives them options. It kind of gives them options with Pineda and, and some of the other guys who who may have needed to be lumped into the the kind of starting rotation. Where now they can maybe take their time with a guy like Pineda or or look at some other maybe more back end guys as opposed to trying to find somebody else to to go in behind Sabathia. Yeah, I think the master plan the whole time was. We have to do what we can to sign Tanaka. So now we're we're set with Sabathia, Corona, Tanaka, and Nova as the first four guys. And they're going to have a, just a big audition for the fifth spot. You know, Pinedo will be in that mix. They also had David Phelps and Adam Warren, who were on the staff last year. Um, Vidal Nuno is another guy who was up briefly last year. They're going to try him as well. And so it's basically just going to be these four guys just go to spring training, and it's going to be very simple. Whoever pitches the best in spring training will get the job. And Spring training competitions are kind of silly because you're basing it off of like a month of like information there. But I, the way I see it, spring training competitions never really end. You know, if they, they go with Pineda, if Pineda doesn't pitch well in April, he's going to be out of the rotation. Somebody else will be in. You know, mm-hmm. they, 
they have some uh, the competition will continue into the season. Um, you know, I, I suppose it's possible the Yankees will. You know, March rolls around and Ubaldo Jimenez is still sitting out there like Kyle Loesch last year. You know, for the Yankees, they've already given up all their top draft picks. You know, giving up a fourth rounder is no big deal. Um, so maybe there's a situation where somebody like that can fall into their laps. Otherwise, I think they're done with the rotation. You know, they'll stick with their big four guys and kind of just cycle through some uh, some internal options for the last spot. And, you know, if things kind of get messy in midseason, they can always make a trade. But uh, the Yankees, they tend to do their business in the offseason, not midseason. It's pretty good. We've now spoken about the Yankees for about 10 minutes. We have not yeah. once mentioned the words 189 or yeah. Rodriguez, which I think is a victory. And it definitely is. It's definitely a victory. And I got to think that uh, signing Masahiro Tanaka is a victory for the Yankees and Yankee fans who, you know, were really hard up. You know, they really needed this one. I feel like they hadn't signed a big <laughs> a big guy in weeks. Yeah. It's it's been a, you know, it's it's so funny because I feel like, you know, after the winter meetings, everything just stopped. Like nobody has no team has signed anyone for like 4 weeks. Seems like everybody's been waiting for Mm-hmm. this Tanaka thing to play out and now that he's off the board I, I think we're going to see you know Garza, Ubaldo, Irvin Santana Bronson Arroyo, those guys are going to like fly off the shelves now. I bet they all sign within like two weeks but um, you know everything's been pretty quiet you know the Yankees obviously they spent like committed some like 460 something million dollars this offseason and it's amazing because they still have work to do mm-hmm. and then, you know these last few years they have been setting up to stay under the the uh, the 189 and I thought they were sincere about that. I really thought they were going to try for it, mm. but they missed up. They missed the playoffs last year. A few weeks ago, a report came out that they lost 60 million dollars in ticket revenue alone, and that's that's just tickets. You know, I'm sure they lost money in concessions and other stuff, and I think that spooked them because attendance went down, ratings went down, and um, you know that's just that's scary when they lose that much money and they look at it and say, if we miss the playoffs again. We lose even more money. It's not even going to be worth getting under the 189. All the savings will be gone. Mm-hmm. They just just blew past it, and you know they just went for it. And you know the Yankees. I feel it's not not some opinion. It's a, it's the fact that the Yankees just operate on a different level than just about every other team. Maybe the Dodgers are there now, but the Yankees. Their brand is built on winning, and when they don't win, it hurts financially. And um, you know that's why you can't say you know oh well this free agent is an overpay for the Yankees or whatever. They're on a different scale. And, you know, where they are right now, if they get Tanaka and he's like a five-win pitcher next year, five-war pitcher next year, those five wins take them from like 83 wins to 88 wins, and that changes their whole playoff outlook. And, you know, it's such a it's such a weird kind of situation for them because they're so unique and the, the contract values are just – they're so different than every other team. You know, this isn't, you know, if the Blue Jays had spent 150 on Tanaka, it would be looked at way differently for the Yankees than it would be for the Yankees because the Yankees, they needed him more, I think. That $60 million number is pretty crazy when you think about how it's, that's like not even year over year. That's like in year, like just people just stop coming to the ballpark. Just flat out, oh, this team's garbage. I mean, look at the lineup they were trotting out there. Lyle Overbay in the outfield. Vern Wells playing third base. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was a very un-Yankee season. And I think there might be even a, a I mean, you got to wonder how much of this was kind of a long play. Like, okay, we'll stay under 189 for two years, and then, you know, when McCann's out there because we need, you know, we'll, we'll let Russ Martin walk because we want McCann two years down the road. And 
and whatever else. So maybe that's giving <clears throat> Brian Cashman too much credit, but I'm not afraid to, to give him credit when it's when it's due. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think you know the Yankees. You look at the moves they made these last two years, and it was. I mean, it's obvious they were gearing up to get under. 20 to nine this year, they just completely ignored long-term contracts these last two years. Mm-hmm. They basically set themselves up to have as much much money coming off the books this offseason as possible. And I think that bit them a bit because uh, they set themselves up. They had all these contracts come off the books this year, but they had so many holes to fill, and free agent prices have gone up because teams have more money to spend and just the way the new collective bargaining agreement is. You know, teams have nowhere to put this money mm-hmm. other than free agents. And the prices got, they shut up. And I think, I don't know if the Yankees misread the market, but I, it feels like they almost got caught off guard. Like they were, you know, the offseason rolled around. It's like, oh my God, we need a whole new infield, three starters, a bullpen. And they had way too many holes to address. And they just said, forget it. There's just no chances it's going to happen between all the money they lost and, and, uh, all the money they lost last year and the fact they had so much ground to make up to get back to the postseason. You know, and I also think that there's like a Yankee franchise itself is in like a weird spot because they've been kind of trying to cling to the 90s, the dynasty years, and, Mm -hmm. you know, those guys are all starting to go away. Petter retired again, but Rivera retired. and uh, Pointer Posada retired a few years ago. Derek Jeter's got, what, a year or two left, and they're in a weird spot, so they're trying to figure out how to kind of transition out of that out of the glory year so to speak and Tanaka's 25 now Tanaka's your centerpiece going forward because you know Sabathia's over 30 now he's 33 or whatever it is and Cano's gone and guys like that and so really look at Tanaka as the centerpiece going forward he's more than just a pitcher for this year you know he's going to be a building block for them as they kind of you know as they hope to get to the next dynasty which you know might not be possible these days Dynasty, maybe no, but the last time the Yankees went and spent, like, what, $400 million like this, they may or may not have won the 2009 World Series. So a big day in uh, in Yankeeland, which is technically everywhere, I think, if we're going to be uh, uh, precise. Uh, Mike Exiza, thank you so much for giving us your time. You can follow him on Twitter, and as I said, read him at CBS's Eye on Baseball and at River Avenue Blues. Uh, Mike, enjoy the rest of the pieces falling into place. Thanks for taking the time. Sure, no problem. All right, that's it for this edition of the Getting Blank Podcast. Masahiro Tanaka, seven years. New York Yankees. He was only ever going to be this way, wasn't he? God damn it. All right, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Can't get enough baseball? Check out thescore.com slash getting blanked. Like us on Facebook or Twitter. Really, we're social, even if we don't really look like it. Desperation.